True story, very true story. 96 degrees in the shade. Read hard. Oh, yes. In the shade. 96 degrees in the shade. Read hard. Hear me when I say. In the shade Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Welcome to the Skaboom podcast, which is the audio companion to my forthcoming book, Skaboom, an American ska and reggae oral history, which will be published later this year. While a good deal of the focus of Skaboom is on the birth of American ska, Reggae from Jamaica and the UK was a huge influence on young musicians who would go on to start bands in the late 70s and early 80s. This is particularly true of the Shakers from Berkeley, Lou Rhythm Band from Kansas City, and Bim Scalabim from Boston, who all are featured in Skaboom. The intro music for this episode is a live version from 1979 of 1865, 96 Degrees in the Shade, courtesy of Third World, who are one of the longest-lived reggae bands of all time, and one of Jamaica's most consistently popular crossover acts among international audiences. Mixing in elements of R&B, funk, pop, and rock, Third World's style has been described as reggae fusion, and as such, they are one of the few reggae acts from Jamaica to play songs into the UK and US charts, making them an important influence. My parents had gotten me a Sears AM-FM stereo system as a gift for my 12th or 13th birthday. It had a radio receiver, turntable, and cassette deck all in one unit, perfect for a kid of my age in the late 1970s. That machine made of fake wood and cheap transistors and electronics was the key to the musical kingdom for me. And as it turns out, I had received the third world album 96 Degrees in the Shade as a birthday present from a friend. It became one of the first albums I played on my new stereo. The songs on that album somehow connected with the neurons in my adolescent brain. The songs were mysterious and melancholy and the rhythms were strange and unusual, but transported me when I closed my eyes and laid on the floor of my bedroom. In a lot of ways, the lyrics and melodies from that album reminded me of the lilt of prayers and lamentations I heard in synagogue and at Hebrew school. And so another new language is being revealed to me through music. As a kid who loved social studies and world history and paid attention to current events, 1865, 96 degrees in the shade, really drew me in. In case you aren't familiar with the song, it is a dramatic and powerful retelling of the events of the October 1865 Morant Bay Rebellion, headed by Baptist deacon and preacher Paul Bogle, who led an armed group of freed Jamaican slaves against the British authorities. The 
The scene that the song dramatizes is a central one in Jamaican history. Though the song is based on historical fact, it is never overt. At no point does it mention Bogle or Morant Bay. 1865 is the major clue to the song's meaning, but the listener has some work to do. Cat Core, Third World's guitarist, shared the song's origins during an interview he did in 2017. Oh, well, the story basically is that I was in a studio in Half a Tree. We were rehearsing in the studio, and there was no AC. It was very hot, and the roof was very low, and the condensation was dripping on me, you know? And I was on the keyboard, and I said, right, about this place feels like 96 degrees in the shade, and I started singing that. And Ibu came in and said, no, 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 brethren. This one, yeah, we we'll start work on this now. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's how it started. And then, you know, we had the chorus line, and we were messing around with it and all that. And, and he said, um, one day it was in who I credit for really for, for pushing it into the Paul Vogel late way. He said, Why we don't write a song? Why we don't make this song about um, Paul Vogel hanging from a tree in the shade? And, um, you know, at first I was kind of like saying, Well, I'm not sure how we're going to do that. But, and he said, All right, everybody write a verse. So I wrote my verse, 96 degrees in the shade, 10,000 soldiers on parade, taking an eye and eye to meet a big fat boy, the queen in play. And then he wrote his verse, Excellency, before you had come, you know? And Money wrote his own. Some may suffer and some will burn, you know? But it's just a godsend thing, really. It's a godsend thing. You know, it's not that you can explain. You can't explain them thing there. As a young kid, I didn't grasp what was going on in the song. I just knew it grabbed me like the best stories do. The song starts with the extended drum intro, and the opening lyrics immediately paint a vivid picture of another place during another time. Said it was 96 degrees in the shade, 10,000 soldiers on parade, taking eye and eye to meet a big fat boy, sent from overseas, the Queen employ. Okay, so let's unpack this. Slavery ended in Jamaica on August 1st, 1834, with the passing of the British Emancipation Act. And four years later, former slaves became free to choose their employment and employer. On paper, former slaves gained the right to vote. However, most remained desperately poor, and poll taxes effectively disenfranchised the rest. Enter George William Gordon a member of the Jamaican National Assembly, who was the son of a black slave woman and a wealthy British plantation owner. Gordon's father, like many other British colonial elites in Jamaica, had sired a second surrogate family, and Gordon was his father's common-law heir under Jamaican law. Edward Eyre, the newly appointed colonial governor of Jamaica, considered Gordon a troublemaker because of his activities on behalf of newly freed but disenfranchised slaves. Gordon had assisted a group of former slaves to draw up and circulate a petition to Queen Victoria, asking her to bequeath a small amount of crown-owned land in the bush of St. Anne's Parish 
for the local landless farmers to cultivate, as they could not find land for themselves. Ayer thought it was unthinkable that a group of uppity maroon Negroes, quote-unquote, would have the comeuppance to ask Queen Victoria's permission to cultivate a few hundred acres of vacant, undeveloped land in a remote colonial town 4,000 miles from Buckingham Palace. Ayer immediately regarded Gordon as a political enemy. On October 7, 1865, a black Jamaican man was put on trial and imprisoned for trespassing on a long-abandoned plantation to grow crops, creating anger among black Jamaicans. When a member of a group of black protesters from the village of Stony Gut was arrested, the protesters freed the accused man from prison. Governor Ayer and the local constabulary suspected that Gordon and one of his protégés, Paul Bogle, were the key organizers of the protest and the subsequent prison break. Bogle soon learned that he and his associates had warrants issued for their arrest for rioting, resisting arrest, and assaulting the police. The historical record doesn't confirm whether Gordon or Bogle were involved in any of the events leading up to that point, but what is undisputable fact is that Bogle was firmly in command of a large group of protesters who marched on the Moran Bay Courthouse four days later. When the group arrived, they were met by a small volunteer militia of vigilantes who panicked and opened fire on the group, killing seven protesters before retreating. The protesters then rioted, killing 18 people, including white officials and militia, and took control of the town. In the days that followed, some 2,000 Jamaican rebels roamed the countryside, killing two white planters and forcing others to flee for their lives. Ayer sent government troops to hunt down the poorly armed rebels and bring Paul Bogle back to Morant Bay for trial. The troops were met with no organized resistance, but killed Jamaicans indiscriminately, many of whom had not been involved in the riot or rebellion. In the end, nearly 500 Jamaicans were killed directly by soldiers, and 350 more, including Bogle, were arrested and later executed, some without proper trials. Bogle was lynched and hung without trial moments after the British troops took him into custody. Gordon, who had little if anything to do with the rebellion, was also arrested in Kingston and transferred to Morant Bay, where he could be tried under martial law. Ever the politician, Ayer saw a public hanging of Gordon as a high-profile opportunity to assert his authority. A kangaroo court convicted Gordon of sedition and treason in two days, but Gordon wasn't informed of his sentence until an hour before his hanging. Gordon was paraded through the streets of Morant Bay and led to his hanging by a contingency of 10,000 soldiers. And presiding over a surreal and morbid carnival of events was the portly governor heir, dressed like a British dandy attending a night at the opera. The lyrics to 1865 are very close to the same final words Gordon spoke as he stood before Ayer. Gordon even began his remarks with a polite remark about the stifling humidity of the October day. Gordon's final defiant words to Governor Eyre, as faithfully sung by Third World, are, Today I stand here a victim, but the truth is I'll never die. Here is an acapella version of the song. 
Without the music, the lyrics alone relate the event in startling detail. 96 degrees in the shade. Real hot, hear me when I say in the shade. Said it was 96 degrees in the shade. 10,000 soldiers on parade. Taking eye and eye to meet a big fat boy. Sent from overseas, the queen employed. Now, Excellency, before you, I come with my representation. You know where I'm coming from. They caught me in the loose, trying to be free, and they show I a noose on a cotton tree. Entertainment for you, martyrdom for me. Ninety-six degrees in the shade, real hot. Hear me when I say, in the shade. 96 degrees in the shade Real hot, hear me when I say In the shade Some may suffer Some may burn But I know that one day All of my children gonna learn Sure as the sun shine Way up in the skies Today I stand here a victim, yes Truth is I'll never die 96 degrees in the shade Real hot, hear me when I say In the shade I hope you've enjoyed learning more about the story behind 1865 96 Degrees in the Shade by Third World If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to Skaboom on whatever podcast platform you use. And please keep an eye out for my book, Skaboom, that will be published this year. If you've listened and received some value from this episode, then please help support the Skaboom podcast for as little as $3 per month on Patreon. Supporters get access to exclusive content like Patreon-only episodes and advanced promo chapters from the book. Thank you.